episode of the Habibis. Three game developers drinking good Arab tea. My name is Raman Ismail. I'm your host for today. And I'm Osama Dorias. And today we have a very special guest, my friend Mo El Khatib. Um, Hello. Hey, say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so Mo and I go way back. We met uh, at Gameloft, actually, when my first job in the industry. We worked briefly together. Uh, what was that? 20, 2009? Two, it must have been around yeah, 2010, 9, 11, somewhere there. Yeah, something like that. It was it was a while ago. And you were a 3D artist at that time. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself, Mo? Sure, away. sure. Hi. Uh, so, yeah, I met you. I think I was a 3D artist, but I was freelancing for Gameloft for uh, the motion design section. So I was working with the trailer people, not the uh, game dev people. Yep. But we, we had a few mutual friends, and we met over lunch a couple of times. Yes. Um, uh, what do you do these days? Yeah, so I, I co-founded an indie studio called Artifact 5. Uh, we're working on our next uh, game right now. Um, Is it top secret or can you like spill all the beads? Can we get I can spill all the deeds actually. And we, we have a big milestone coming up uh, this Ooh. week, uh, which I think will be after, before the, the, the podcast comes up. But uh, yeah, our scene page is launching uh, on Tuesday. Wow. Thank you, thank you. So, for those of you who are wondering, wow, Fauzi sounds different and has a different name and a different career. Uh, Fauzi couldn't make it today. And, uh, I mean, he's had quite a period of time. So, I can can understand that he's taking a little bit of time off uh, from uh, from additional responsibilities, like the Habibis. Um, but we miss uh, him very much, though, and we'll probably mention him many times this week. Right, so. uh, we are we are entirely here to celebrate his achievements. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this with Fauzi uh, Mabruk again with the uh, launch of a video game, Elf Mabruk, a big like one of the biggest video games it's of the just, year. Just you know, a video game. It's just <laughs> a video game. Well, it I'm is a miracle that <laughs> it's a miracle that any game gets made. So right. Yes. We should celebrate that regardless. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, yeah. What have you been up what, to this week, Ravi? Uh, I, I just airplane. So maybe, you know, I can talk about airplanes for the next 30 minutes or we can start with other people and then I'll see how much airplanes I can fit in whatever time I have left. <laughs> it's probably better. How about we start with our guests? How about we bring some good old Arab hospitality back in here? All right. Give it a Mo, shot. Mo, what are you up to? Uh sh- so I've, I usually have two games I'm playing at any point. Uh, usually a shooter that I play with friends, uh, and this week it's Battlefield for sure. Yeah. Uh, before hey, that was Call of Duty. Hear that? <laughs> you got a fan. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then I have uh, like a single player game I play between those like uh, friend uh, sessions. And right now I'm playing Dicey Dungeon. Ooh, oh, Terry's game. Yeah, that's yeah. a good game. Yeah, it just hit Game Pass, I think. I, I didn't play the game like on console, I only played it on PC. But for all those who have Game Pass there, we, we're doing our uh, obligatory plug, right? <laughs> we, really need, we really need that sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think of uh, Dicey Dungeon? Is it the first time you play it? Uh, no, I played it before when it first came out a bit, but uh, I saw it on Game Pass and I was like, oh, I gotta play it again. Uh, I'm a big uh, roguelike uh, player, so anything roguelike, I'll eat it up. Yes, uh, as of a big fan of the genre. Dicey Dungeon is special. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's so elegant and like how, how the it seems shallow at, at the beginning, but then the, the depth. Yeah. The more you play, the more you realize there's so much uh, to do. So much in that game, it never stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I played some Battlefield this week too. And uh, Fuzzy, two out of two. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so far, right? We haven't spoken yet. I absolutely love getting into the vehicles. It's my favorite. That's the reason I play Battlefield. The tanks and the helicopters. And I had a blast. I'm, I'm, I, like, uh, I'm not very coordinated for the driving part. So I'm actually the person who's happy to sit on top and like shoot things with the mounted weapons and let someone else you're, do the driving. <laughs> you're a rare breed. <laughs> it's totally okay. But that's why we should like, you know, you know, queue up, squat up, and play together. Because I'll do the, the role that most people don't want to do. <laughs> fair. Fair. I'll play with you. I can drive. <laughs> I didn't say I can't drive. I said I prefer not to. <laughs> or I don't remember I, what I said. I, we'll, we'll check it out. I, <laughs> I feel those mean the same thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, okay, fine. I'm not great at driving <laughs> in these games. Um, actually, speaking of which, I played Halo as well. 
Oh, I haven't had time to play that yet. Yes. It's, Is it, it on Game Pass? It's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, it's on Game Pass. And it's really good, as you'd expect. Um, the one thing is the driving actually is pretty terrible. I don't know. I might, this is going to be an unpopular opinion where people are going to hit on me, but it feels like the default controls for driving the Warthog are so 1999. They're so like move, it's, it's move the, the stick, push a stick forward to move forward instead of pressing the trigger to accelerate and i can't wrap my mind around it to the point that i i play halo only on foot i'm only infantry because i don't want to get in a vehicle and have to learn how to drive it and looked through the the menus and i couldn't find a way to change it so i got a little bit frustrated i'll go back to it sorry i do agree with you like the um i played on pc and it has the same controls that like the first halo had where you steer with your mouse and uh yeah, it's, it's, it's but also awesome. could you could you do something else and not piss off everybody who plays the Warthog? Yeah, because like I feel like it's Warthog specific controls, right? Like I feel yeah. like other uh, every other vehicle in Halo, you can you can redo the controls, but yeah. can't can't touch the Warthog. I, I say no. I say have options. Have a toggle. Switch between two. There's nothing stopping you from having the the, the default I mean, driving. You you're right you're right but part of me is like no it's the warthog it needs to be a mess no i disagree but i, mean, I, I know i, I, I also disagree opinion. i also disagree <laughs> with me for the record <laughs> i disagree with me but there's a little voice inside of me that is like no it's the warthog yeah you can't touch the warthog it's an icon i get you but it if just bad, means i'm not gonna drive it because i i got used to the controls years ago and... that's okay i'll just splatter you in the warthog it's fine <laughs> You will. Everyone else is. Why not? Jump on. <laughs> oh, Osama's, Osama's having a really Warthog negative opinion right now. I'm doing really well in the other modes. In, in, right. In, um, yeah. T- tell me a bit about it because I, I adore Halo, but yeah. I've been stuck with, uh, you know, I've been playing Battlefield. I'm still wrapping up Guardians. I've been doing a lot of Flight Simulator. I've been in real airplanes. I just didn't have the time to to, to grab it and play it. Like, t- tell me a bit about halo well i like the elder modes okay let's start with the the modes and then i'll go into the progression um the uh there's capture the flag i like the way that they set up capture the flag um the when you're running people can see where you are and when you're not like when you're walking or crawling they don't see where you are and i see when i say people i mean the opponents and that actually adds a different dynamic i haven't really seen that in any other version of capture the flag and other shooters but that actually adds an interesting dynamic where it's like if you capture the flag when after shooting people and no one's around you could do a little bit of sneaking around the map and they don't know where you are but then when they spot you everyone spots you and it creates this like adrenaline moment like the 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 highs and lows are really high and really low and that feels really good uh, as opposed to a lot like i used to play a lot of capture the flag in um unreal tournament and it's intense all the time. It's high, high, high all the time. Like you're just running, running, running all the time. But this, like they actually found a way um, to, to pace it differently. And I like it. I, I like It's a small twist, but it makes a very big difference with how you approach, uh, like, you know, flag capture. Uh, the other mode I played, I cannot remember the name, but it's the one where someone has a ball and whoever has a ball can't shoot and everyone has to protect him. Nobody knows. Anyway, whatever. No. Whatever that mode is called. Uh, I actually do really well in that one. Apparently, I'm better at not getting shot than I am at shooting people. So <laughs> I'll, I'll val- be the one. A, a valuable skill. <laughs> yes, especially if this was real life, but even in the game. So I'm, I'm the one usually grabbing the ball and staying alive while everybody else is protecting me. And I actually really excelled and did really well in that. So I like these like alternate game modes. I didn't start the campaign, so don't ask me about it. I don't even know if the campaign's available. I think I tried to start it, and it said the demo didn't complete, or it launches later, or something like that. So I haven't started the campaign yet. But I played a lot of the... Uh, well, a lot. I played a couple hours of the, the multiplayer mode cycling through them. Now, the progression system is set up in a way that I think the... Re- I played several matches, several, before I leveled up the first. And that's usually a no-no in this type of game. And I'm, I'm like a shocking no-no, because we... You want someone to level up right away quickly. It's a carrot on the stick. You know, it's the, look, this is how it feels like. This is the dopamine rush. You want more of this. So it, it's a little surprising that it took three or four matches before I got the first level up. And then the second one looked like it was going to take longer. I only got to like level a few hours of playing. And it's, 
you know, you, you know how, of course, both of you know how a level up curve works, where each level takes, each uh, following level takes longer or more XP to reach. But the first one usually comes really quickly. So I have a feeling, and I didn't play it enough to know, that the progression is stretched over too long of a period of time. And when that usually happens, um, except for the most hardcore players, most people disconnect from it because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem attainable. And uh, I'm a little surprised at the balancing of that. of the. So I think I already saw some talk online that they're addressing. Okay, well, that would be good news. I mean, it's right. not it's not game breaking. It's not something that would be horrible, but it's just it's it doesn't do them any good because if people don't feel like they could actually progress, then they'll just play a little bit and stop. They're that compulsion right. to, to get the next step there. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, no, I saw. I that was the first thing I saw about the game online, and I was like, oh, how about that? Yeah. Um, I also saw a really funny one that was just like, Halo is just like Destiny. I'm like, <laughs> well done, y'all. They you figured it the, out. The floaty jump. That's you, uh, fig- you figured it out. <laughs> well, well done. Are, uh, are those? Are, sorry. Well? Sorry. Uh, no, like I did play Halo a bit, but it was right after playing a lot of Splitgate, which is like inspired by the original Halo. Mm-hmm. So it was weird mm-hmm. seeing like uh, a modern inspiration of that genre, and then Halo coming in after, and like seeing where the differences are. I haven't played Splitgate. Can you talk about it a little bit? Uh, Splitgate is yeah, it's. Like a fast-paced shooter uh, has uh, inspirations from Halo and Unreal Tournament uh, mm-hmm. style of play, so a lot of quick action. Uh, but it's more modernized, so that you get jetpacks uh, and portals, um, and it's it's pretty good portal mechanics. It's a lot like the game Portal, where uh, physics kind of teleport you, like transfers over, and then you can shoot so you portals. Keep your and your momentum, right? You keep your yeah. velocity. Okay. Yeah, and you can like camp through portals. So if you want to hold an angle, but then like change that angle without moving, you just like throw your portal somewhere else and like be sniping through it. Oh, uh, cool! Yeah, it creates really interesting mechanics, and you, other people can fly through your portals, and it gets pretty chaotic and a lot of fun. That sounds like a great time. How did I miss it? I mean, I've heard of it. I just didn't. Yeah, I think it's uh, free to play on Steam. Really? Okay. And they do the progression. Uh, really well and the, the the unlocks and stuff so like when you when you mentioned the progression in halo uh it, it sparked the memory of uh, how splitgate is doing so so well that's yeah it's good it, it's basically like fast-paced shooter meets portal perfect yeah that's a great yeah. elevator pitch right. <laughs> pretty much anything meets portal <laughs> forts forts of five meets portal all right all right that's the exception that proves the, the, the rule <laughs> Flight, flight simulator plays yeah. portal. Well, I'd play that. Hell yeah, I'd play that. Yeah. That sounds like a good time. Oh, yeah. you know, you're about to crash, just open a portal. You're somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so, split gate, huh? Yeah, download yep. Yeah, that's good. So, how about, uh, yeah. you about your flying? Because, you know, that's a segue. Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I'm, I'm glad you pointed um, it out. I was worried that no one's going to point out yeah, the second. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, uh, so, yeah, a few things actually, uh, now that I'm thinking of it, a, f- a few things are, are happening in uh, life. Obviously, I've started on my end of year lists. Oh, good. Which, uh, yeah, it's about time to get going on those again. So, I'm, I'm making lists of things I might have missed. Um, that's been fun. The, um, the, um, the reality is that really I played a bit of Battlefield. Uh, just to be able to wink at Fauzi. And mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. it. It feels very Battlefield-y, but also a little like fresh, which is nice. Um, I don't really have a full opinion on everything yet, but so far it seems to me like the team did a good job on, on sort of capturing what Battlefield is, but also making it something else entirely. So I had a good time with that. Um, and then uh, I played a bit of a little bit more of Guardians. Played a little bit more of Forza. Finally, overtook every place I saw your name, Osama. Just because you know, Arab. It's not like Arabs are competitive people, but we are competitive people. So you know, it, it had to happen. I'm yeah. sorry. No, don't 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 um, get too comfortable. I'm gonna start playing yeah, really no, again. Uh, sure, again. <laughs> sure. I look forward to hearing about this in 2024. Um, when Forza Six is about to come, and you're like, oh no, I mean, it's still ahead in five. 
Oh no. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that checks. That scans. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's nice. It's a it's a beautiful game. Lots of different things to do. Uh, really enjoying my time. Uh, I have the benefit of, of indeed being able to type my own name onto the license plate, so I don't blame you for not having played much yet. Because <laughs> yeah, that kind of sucks. I would never get back to a game if they didn't let me do that. Uh, yeah, I haven't gone back yet, but you know, right? No, I'm looking forward I, to it. Yeah, as soon as they get fixed, it they promise the patch is coming soon. When they fix it, I'll feel much better about it. Yeah, starting yeah. my progression over with my actual name on the plate. If I'm not nice, to change yes, the, plate. the way it should be. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, oh, I got a new flight stick, but this one for the Xbox. Did I mention that on the last episode? We were very late with the last episode, so I'm pretty I sure you mentioned it. Okay, well, the Mo, new flight did you stick mention is... it, Mo? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the new flight stick is really good and it's really pleasant. It has uh, veneer style throttles, so like like the throttles in a Cessna. Yeah. Uh, while my normal setup doesn't have those, so that's nice. I have now a more accurate setup on my TV than I have on my PC. Which is a little odd. Um, but also, I went for actual flight training again, um, and this is the first time in like a week and a half. So I was really, really missing it. But uh, finally, got back up into the sky. So uh, how, how much did, do you have left before you get your license? Uh, a lot, a lot. We're like four lessons in, and I need a lot more hours to be able to actually fly. So yeah, it, I mean, uh, get, getting your license is is a pretty long process. It's actually a sort of a um, sort of a multi-step process. So yeah. first, the first part of it, I can only fly dual, which means I can only fly with an instructor, mm-hmm. but we can fly whatever the instructor deems right, right? So we can fly far, yeah. we can fly close, we can stay near the airport, we can go halfway across the country. Uh, the instructor is sort of in charge of the airplane. And during that period, you get basic flight practice. So you get all the, all the basics that you need to control the airplane, to climb, to descend, to take off, to land, uh, to control the radio, uh, what happens in case of like potential collision, like stuff like that, you know, like just basic stuff you would need to fly an airplane near the airport. Mm-hmm. So at I, that point, yes, go ahead. at that point you do a solo test, right? Uh, and your solo test is kind of the most important for uh, aviation uh, flying mm-hmm. uh, because they're basically. They're basically the moment where you get to have your, where you get to fly an airplane alone, mm-hmm. right? So you, your solo is kind of the, is the first time you, you're allowed to fly your, your own airplane. And the first uh, time, how do they test you if you're alone in the airplane? Well, if you land and you're not dead, you did it well, I guess. <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of it. So that happens about 13 hours in, which is, you know, less than 13, effectively. I'm at less than four right now. And uh, in those first 13 lessons, they're going to make sure that I'm good enough to do that. It can be a little sooner, but not much, because there's also a minimum of flight hours you need to have before yeah. you can fly your solo. So that's kind of what we've been building up to. And... Um, um, after that, you practice all the other stuff. Uh, I need to do a medical test before I can do solo as well. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be formally complete before that. Mm-hmm. Then after that, you learn all the other stuff. You learn navigation. You learn like how to fly through airspace and stuff like that. A lot of stuff I already know because of Flight Simulator, but uh, you formally learn those at that point. And then you do a cross-country test, and then after that, you get your license. And that's usually about 40 to 45 hours. Wow. Okay. So the first thing I want to tell you is you don't have to rush, because I know you're doing all this because you promised me a joyride. I'm patient. I can wait. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's just I really want to have an airplane with a Rami and an Osama in there. <laughs> and then just see how nervous we can make the people that are there. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying. Make a flight, inshallah. Two person support. <laughs> Short flight. I I, w- I want to do it, and I want to live stream it <laughs> <laughs> on Twitch. Just, just everything is Bismillah, Rahman Rahim. Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> That's um, perfect. Yeah, it's gonna be great. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. But yeah, so that that won't happen until I get my PPL, um, and then at the PPL, I'll technically be able to fly you, but I won't be able to charge you for. It. So it's uh, even that's perfect. You. That's yeah, you, you enjoy that. <laughs> Just stay anyway. at that level forever. <laughs> <laughs> on um, on uh, Saturday, I um, I woke up and uh, you check your weather min- weather minimums because they're sort of like requirements for when you can fly. Yeah. 
And they were what we call marginal in that you can fly, but it's generally not really recommended. I see. Uh, and it was because the cloud base was very low. So the clouds were very low, and that makes uh, flying uh, difficult without instrument. I'm, I'm practicing visual flying. So uh, the instructor basically said, well, the lesson is about climbing, and we can't do that because the, the clouds are low. So instead, we're just going to practice more landing. Because last week I had my, or two weeks ago, I had my first one. Um, so he had me do circuits. And circuits exercise is kind of like the, the most, like, that's the most common exercise you'll do. And after you get your solo, that's the exercise you'll be allowed to do. Mm-hmm. But a, a circuit is effectively imagine an imaginary racetrack in the sky at a predefined height. And you can fly that circle. And because everybody flies that same racetrack at the same height, it's a lot easier to oversee who's flying in it. So you showed me we, this live in, in Flight Simulator. I did. And it opened up my mind because I'm like, of course, that's how you fit so many airplanes in the same airspace and make sure that they don't right. crash and into espe- each other. Especially with visual flight where, you know, there's no traffic tower or air traffic control telling you where to fly or where to go or what air, what runway to take. Having sort of a predictable pattern that people fly in is really important. I think in North America, they call it a traffic pattern. In, in Europe, they call it a circuit. Uh, so I did circuit flying and um, it was really fun. But the my favorite part about it is that you start with takeoff and then a circuit ends with landing. So we did. Um, we weren't allowed to actually touch the ground frequently. Like airplanes had two landings, or or pilots had two landings they could do per per flight. Um, but what we could do is basically get the airplane right above the runway at a speed where we would land, and then just like push the throttle all the way up again, hmm. and then take off again. So basically, what we did is we did seven landings where we just put and put didn't put. We did six landings where we didn't put the wheels on the ground mm-hmm. and then for the seven one we did okay and it is it's such a fan like i don't i don't know how to explain this but it is such a cool feeling to fly an airplane approach is 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 really cool but there's this moment where you've you've basically configured your airplane for landing and you're right over the runway and you've stopped your descent and you're pulling the airplane straight and gravity is slowly winning the fight against lift, right? <laughs> against the airplane's ability to fly. And that's how a landing is supposed to work. It, mm-hmm. y- you make your airplane lose that fight. And there's this moment where it's just like, it's right in between, mm-hmm. right? You can feel the airplane like sinking to the ground. And it's such a strange feeling. Like the first time I did the landing, obviously I was so busy with all the checks and, and knobs and buttons and like making sure I did everything right. But now doing seven in a row, it was it, it just I had so much time to like really get a feeling for everything and all my circuits were different levels of cleanness. So I did one circuit where I was very late with my final turn, so I had to like correct my position a lot and it was just, it was so much fun. I have such a big I still have a big smile on my face just talking about it. I'm really um, happy you got to experience this. It's it's so cool. The the whole landing thing is so cool. It's so many different forces of nature and I've always had a fascination with nature and physics and all that um and i've always had a fascination with airplanes and i've always had a fascination with processes and i've always had a fascination with like you know flying and all of that comes together in landing an airplane so well like it's it's my new favorite hobby i think is landing an air like flying is great but landing is awesome um <laughs> I, I concur if you're gonna fly landing is the best part <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> take take up Takeoff is optional. Landing is not, right? Um, But yeah, um, the other thing that was just really surprising to me is when I was younger, I obviously went a lot slower through the program. Um, So I never, we never really got to the point where we were practicing landings a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I practiced a few, but not really like setting the plane down on the ground. Um, The go arounds, basically where you, you put the airplane above the runway, but then don't don't land it and then take off again. It's really surprising how quickly the airplane goes from losing lift to just like being able to fly again, right? Like you just you just push the throttle thing all the way full and you're flying again. It's just like it's it's instant. You would think it takes like two or three seconds to build up speed, but no, this thing is powerful. Um, it was it was really cool. And then the scariest thing happened: somebody entered the circuit at the wrong place. Oh no! Like someone and they else. did it. Somebody else entered the circuit at the wrong place. You're supposed to sort of enter it perpendicular to the runway. And these people entered the circuit 
on the, one of the corners where we're not really looking like you're supposed to be aware of traffic everywhere but like you're mostly supposed to be aware of traffic at that entry point mm-hmm. the sort of predefined entry point and we were flying and it was our first takeoff and we took our first left and then suddenly i just saw an airplane that flew right under us and we were at like 250 meters we were at like 600 700 feet we were we were not that high and they must have been at like 400 feet there was only 300 feet between us um that was terrifying because you you just you don't see airplanes that easily uh that's why we have the pattern but we had like a it wasn't quite a near miss but it was definitely not a pleasant it was definitely not a pleasant feeling and i saw the airplane before the instructor saw that so the instructor just immediately took the controls again <laughs> i was like nope i'm this i'll fix this um but yeah you can now look all of that up and it's the scariest thing to to in after the flight to just look back at your flight and see these two airplanes flying straight at each other oh. me at pattern height and this other play airplane under pattern height and you know like with this kind of stuff you don't really do like blame no. all that much in in aviation because you want people to like fess up to mistakes um you know learn from them but god that's a weird it's so scary to see these tiny little dots move at each other and then be like oh it's good that there was 125 meter between us because uh that that would have been a very sad practice but you know it immediately drives home why those circuits are so important so absolutely had a great time I, it sounds like it i i mean again i'm not rushing you but i can't wait to have the opportunity for right. you to take me up and show me all the, well yeah. maybe not all of it not the part about you almost crashing into another plane but the rest yeah we'll just we'll just do some, we'll do some stalls practice yeah. <laughs> and just drop the airplane a whole bunch okay maybe not that either <laughs> or maybe we won't eat first at least right. that's a compromise <laughs> you should eat a little bit yeah <laughs> it, uh, it does help if you get nauseous i'm sure it does mo i mean i know you don't fly planes but you like other mechanical things you you love bikes right oh yeah 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 and you play a sport with them so that's something that i don't hear about very often can can you, you talk about that bikes? yes yeah yeah well, so it's uh, bike polo i uh, i usually what's, explain what's it... bike polo <laughs> <laughs> i usually explain it to canadians as it's hockey on bikes <laughs> uh, okay fair 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 and i explain it to game gamers and game developers that as um uh, it's Rocket League on bikes. <laughs> smart, smart. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. It's three v three. No, no, no. The dedicated goalie just rotate through. Uh, there's one ball in the middle. You gotta put it in the net. Mm-hmm. You, you do and jumps and backflips too. <laughs> you'd be surprised. I'm not that good yet, but people yeah. do like 360 flips and uh, wow. like wheelie turns and like endo turns, which is like a front wheelie turn. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it can get get pretty pretty intense. How do you get started in that? Is it like how 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 popular is it? How many people play this? Uh, in Montreal, um, we're like thirty to fifty people who play it. Uh, we it got really popular during the pandemic because uh, it was one of the few things you could do. It's like outdoor sports, so it's relatively safer in terms of COVID, but not, not in terms of physical health. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So we got a lot of, the, the club grew quite a bit, but I got into it through a game dev friend of mine, actually. Uh, about a third of the club is basically game devs and uh, wow. tech people. Wow. But this is Montreal. You can't really throw a stone without yeah. being a game dev somewhere. <laughs> it's uh, true. We just talk yeah. about that. Like you, you can't go to a coffee shop and talk shop because you don't know who's listening. It could be someone from a Yeah, and- definitely. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we had we had a great season. The season is over now because it's getting uh, under like uh, two freezing temperatures here in Canada. Uh, but bad. we had a great season. We had a few tournaments. We had a big one in Montreal. Uh, where you won? No, no, we we lost that one pretty badly. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. A, lot, a, a lot of really good players <laughs> got, came from all got over wrecked. the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, there's a guy who just came in with a with a kid's bike, like the, the bike that's only a couple of feet high, and that just messed up everyone's game because he can't deal with that. We're used to like playing against people with the, with the same height, and he just can like slip between bikes and under. Is under it us. legal? Like, do they have? Uh, so far, it is. Stuff? I don't know if it's, they're going to change the rules. We'll we'll find out. If it's that disruptive, it sounds like either they change the rules or everyone should get that bike. <laughs> <laughs> it comes at, at its uh, disadvantages, but... 
Oh, okay. I see. It, it was yeah. pretty funky. It was, it was a lot of fun. It's a, it's, it's a light, it's a young sport, and so a lot of people argue that it's not a sport, it's a game, but uh, yeah, that's a whole episode on its say. own. Uh, you, you're riding a bike. That's a sport. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what their definition is, but why is it a game and not a, not a sport? There's physical, there's a physical layer to it. It doesn't make any sense. I think their definition was like a sport, like a professional sport where people get paid and like it's get broadcasted like hockey versus a game. It's just like people doing things on i don't like that definition definition to me a game versus sport has a visit and all sports are also there's no yeah. point to so is chess a sport uh chess that's a very good well are I esports guess... uh, sports yeah well they're esports <laughs> <laughs> they have a digital physical component osama you made the mistake of giving a definition for yes, sport or yes. game you know so what can, now can you're getting edit... now you're getting definition no, no, wired no. and that's just how it's no, gonna no, let, let's edit this part out, please. <laughs> let's pretend it didn't happen. I will consider it. Oh, no. You have too much power, Remy. <laughs> I mean, I also have too much work. <laughs> I should at least benefit a little bit from it. That's true. That's true. That's fair. No, uh, but it's it's good. I mean, I, I like these kind of discussions about yeah. our medium anyway. It's like... Absolutely. It's fun to figure out where lines are. And even though nobody actually cares about them or has to care about them, like yeah. it's just, it's fun philosophical banter. This is what game developers do to have fun. We go like, so what is a game? Yeah. Defining yeah. rules. Yeah. 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 But that's the thing. You don't, there's not a single definition that everyone agrees. There has nope. not been one. Every we, haven't single... even we haven't even agreed on what a producer is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, what is an alpha? Well, this company is that. That company, it's not quite that. <laughs> but that, it's actually, that's more a failure of language than it is a failure of like our medium because the words have meaning already outside of our, like, for example, um, you know the choose your own adventure game, right? Are they games? Right. Are they, do you play them or are they books? And based on your answer, then you've made up your mind already and you can't use both words. Nobody I know uses, they, they, they'll They're always have like, a bias. Yeah. They're, they're, are books. they book games? No, they're yep. books. Read them. If you make choices, they're interactive, but nobody says, or not many people will say that. But it is, like, by all definitions, except you all read right. it, you don't play it. It's bizarre, and because but it's it's a I I don't want to say that. But let let us just say we intend like we like internally did screw up alpha beta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those are kind of our like they're literally the first two letters of an alphabet. It was just us that went like yeah, alpha means. Anything between yeah. it's a gray box that works all the way to it is a commercially released product that people can play three months before launch. Yes, and that's our, uh, that's on us. The, the more common definition I've seen is alpha means your feature complete, beta means your content complete, and uh, gold means. Although in this day and age, gold means you have a patch coming. <laughs> that's as big right. as the game. And, and in, in India, I've always used feature complete and content complete as before alpha. So it's like, so or after, it's between alpha and beta, basically. Alpha is sort of like late prototype stage, vertical slicey period of time. And in it's, AAA, it's all a lie anyway. You're yeah, like, right. feature complete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're feature complete, but you start adding features. You're content complete, you're still adding content. It just makes me really happy that you can have 20 game developers from 20 companies in a, in a room and just not agree on what a technical director does. <laughs> <laughs> what is a technical it what means does it so do? many different things to so <laughs> many people. 50 different things. And like in, in terms of even like hierarchy, there, there like uh, I'm, I'm not going to name companies, but one company I worked for, a technical director was at the same level as a like a, as an intermediate designer. And another, it was actually a director that had leads under them. And it's the same title, but it means something completely different because one, you're considering you're a technical director on a feature and the other, you're a technical director in the hierarchy. But they're using the same word, and it's it's mind-boggling. But anyway. there's no way this can cause issues, right? <laughs> That's why like role definitions when you're applying for a job are so important. Otherwise, you'll just end up in uh, like I know one of the bigger publishers as well. Their game designers are hybrid producers. They're expected to actually follow up on the features and create tasks for the team. It's it, it's that. And another company uh, I know of, the major one, their game designers are expected to be programmers who actually put in, like code their feature as well um, wow. to, to a certain level. And actually, it has to sh they have to make, make it be able to reach at least 80% 
and then the, they could get code support at that point to do that. And th- those are very different things. And like, we yeah. still have the whole debate of what is a narrative designer? Is it a writer? And every company has a definition of where that line is drawn. Like, oh, our yeah. narrative designers design the system of narrative. Well, ours are also do that, but also, no, ours are exclusively. And the, the term means nothing, the result. Wild. We're very good at things in games. <laughs> some things, at least. Some Just, things. you know, it's... Yeah. I, it's one of those weird things about being a young-ish industry where everybody sort of grew their thing separately from each other, but close enough. I guess it's not that different from real language, where there's a lot of no. words that are very close to words in other languages, but don't quite mean the same anymore. Exactly. Ah, that's amazing. And, um, well, you have something exciting coming up for, well, I was going to say next week, but by the time this airs, it'll be this week. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, we're launching our Steam page for our game we're, we're working on right now. It's called uh, Lucky Me, and it's a puzzle shooter inspired by uh, rap music videos. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, it started as a game jam game I did, and that was my first solo jam, And but the, the mechanic worked so well that uh, we decided to take it on as a studio and uh, develop it even more. I remember the game because you showed it at one of the demo nights, I believe. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, striking. So how did you come up with the idea? Uh, it was a music video I saw uh, by Eminem where the, he it was called Lucky You, the music video, but the game is Lucky Me, yeah. uh, where he would have these characters that follow him and do everything he does. So yes. it was about like his like he's an original rapper and everyone just copies him. And I thought it would be cool to have a game where... Uh, everyone copies your moves, and you gotta get everyone to shoot each other and be the last one surviving. Uh, another way of getting uh, like I came up with the idea, which is more funny, was uh, my my wife is a AI game uh, designer, and uh, she's been wanting to make a game with me for a while. So I was like, can I make the only shooter that doesn't have any AI in it? <laughs> 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 That's perfect. And it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. It's it's such a fun game. Like it is a fun game to play for sure, but it's such a fun game to watch someone play as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I'm gonna share it in, like a link to, to the teaser in the show notes and maybe to the show notes. Inshallah. Inshallah you will do that. <laughs> but that's great. Congratulations on your well, I mean future congratulations on your, your launch this week. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's the same page. So if you hear this, uh, go up and uh, wish list it. Just get some wish lists. Yeah, just yeah. some some little wish lists. Like it's a, it's a cool game. I saw it. I think at the same event uh, yes. you saw it, Osama. Yeah, you were there. You were there at that demo night. Um, was that the demo night where you ran on stage and fixed someone's computer? No, was that it? was the one before that. Ah, I see. Okay. This is a very common Rami story, by the way. Just so, like, this is this is not a. It's really hard to define which one that is because I also have a. I have a karaoke song about me, which is karaoke, but with video game lyrics. <laughs> so they replace the lyrics of the song for something else, and it's honestly one of my favorite like games events things. Is is karaoke? Mariaoke. Yeah. It used Mar- to be karaoke, but I think they probably ran into some Nintendo, Nintendo. <laughs> and then they turned it into karaoke, but then starting with an M. Um, but yeah. Um, so um, they picked the worst possible song for me, uh, in that it's it's uh, CS Chandelier. What got turned into uh, Rami from Flambeer? Which <laughs> it's I not even that, accurate anymore. <laughs> no, it's that, it's not. Well, you know, it's a historical song, of course. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, they did that because I fixed Marioki one party when somebody threw some beer over the computer that it was running off of oh great wow and i i got it back up and running like pretty fast so then they made me how do you how do you fix computer beer i don't even get it that's not even a software problem did you replace hardware parts like i honestly do not remember what i did but i it i just ran on stage to see if i could be helpful and then fixed it while steve curran was keeping the audience busy so um he's very good at that so that was nice yeah, he's very uh, entertaining. <laughs> funny story about yeah. the, the first time he went up stage and fixed uh, someone's demo. Uh, mm-hmm. I was there at the event, and then a few years later, we hired uh, a developer. Right. And then a few years after that, so we, it turned out we realized it was the, the, the developer you went up and helped. Uh, <laughs> 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 
we, uh, at some point we were talking about the, the story of like Karami getting up and he was like, oh yeah, it was me. <laughs> like, You've been quiet about this whole thing this whole time. Wow. Wow, how about that? Yeah, what a, what a strange... But yeah, it's just whenever some of these stuff breaks, like I spend a lot of time on a stage so I know how like nerve-wracking yeah. it is when something isn't working. So I just automatically get the like, can I be helpful here? And I think I have enough reputation in the games industry that nobody is confused when I run up on the, on a stage, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, it's it's Rami. Like, yeah, it's just fine. let him let him do his thing. It'll be fine. <laughs> Which I will say, it's really nice that the industry affords me that because in any other context, me running onto a stage would be terrifying <laughs> to people. A six foot five tall Arab running on stage, yeah. That's... But in the games industry now, it's like okay, okay. <laughs> it's really nice. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a good yeah, but story. it's such a it's such a cool game. Can you repeat the name one more time? Lucky me. Uh, Lucky me. Yeah. Based on the song Lucky, Lucky You. But it's more <laughs> more inspiration by other like we take inspirations from other rap music videos as well. So mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. concept is from that one video, mm-hmm. but then uh, there was a lot. Yeah, it transcended. Yeah, yeah. There, there are other what? modes that are like grab elements from other videos and, and such it's just a really cool place to get inspiration from yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's such right. a rich uh, culture there i think right and it's mostly it, untapped like other than the, a few of the death the death jam games and a few indie titles that tapped into it like the, it's really like there's not a lot listen, of 50 cent blood in the sand <laughs> are we gonna just... <laughs> it just got added to backwards compatibility on xbox and the price skyrocketed from five dollars to 150 dollars yeah, that makes sense. That just happened this week. I'm yeah. like, it's not even a great game. Like, I don't... Listen, it's one of the greatest games of all time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Not going to argue much. No, I, you should. It's it's a mess. Yeah. I think it I think it literally starts in, like, the in like some unnamed Middle Eastern place. Arabistan. Right? <laughs> yes, it starts in Arabistan. <laughs> and then they get cheated out of money by an untrustworthy person. And then there's like a terrorist called Said that scans and 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 like uh, Layla and then just explosions happen. I'm happy you remembered all the important parts. <laughs> I just I remember playing that and being like, "Wow, okay." And this is this is before I got into this is like right before I got into the games industry proper. I think I was still a student. And I think it's one of the games where I first realized that maybe I was getting a little tired yeah. <laughs> of Arabistan. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those weird things where you're like, what, what, but what, <laughs> but why? Uh, what a strange game. So, Mo, you said that this was a game that you've been wanting to make for a while. And uh, I was curious, actually, what got you into the gaming industry? How did? What's your path? Um. I, I listened to you guys the last episode and was there, like was that the week before that where you're talking about uh, your start and like the they all blends into one episode now. <laughs> I think we spoke about that on the Habibis. Oh, that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Accurate. I had a similar experience. Uh, so I grew up in Saudi Arabia and like we, I was a gamer since uh, I was a kid. Where my first. Uh, game console was the the soccer uh, it's like oh, a like nice. keyboard that you plug into the tv and like yeah yeah, yeah. Two games that i played all the time i played so much that my family banned games from the from Fair. the uh, from the house but that just taught me to install to how to hide games on the, in the computer <laughs> <laughs> so it just made me better at like computers and like I, I would install a game and just delete the shortcut from the desktop and the startup <laughs> menu of course uh, but uh, yeah i came into montreal for school uh i wanted to be a, a web designer because that was the closest thing i could think of i didn't know game development was a thing i thought mm-hmm. it was magic that people can do that i can't and then uh during school i was doing 3d classes and some guy was like oh let's make a mod for unreal tournament was it 2003 or 4 yeah. i was like what do you mean make a mod and then it's like oh you download the engine and then you do this and then then like i was drowning a week in like in in googling things and learning everything about it and then from that point on it was a clear i was just gonna make do that so mm-hmm. i dedicated all my classes for to make 3d art and games from there that's incredible. Um, Do you still have that mod, or is it like online somewhere? I probably have. Uh, I basically made really. A yeah. Level. It was a more of a level, but 
I, I did it in SWAT 4 editor, which was an Unreal, uh, a slightly modified uh, version of Unreal. Uh, but no, like everyone else dropped out of the project, so I just did my side of things where I did the level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably have it somewhere in a hard drive in a box somewhere. But uh... I used to, like, I actually have a similar story. I used to make maps for Unreal Tournament on 4, and I don't have the maps anymore. I can't find them. They might, I kept all my old, old hard disks, but I looked, tried to look for them. I couldn't find them. But I do have screenshots, nice. and I'm both proud of them and embarrassed by (laughs) (laughs) at the same time i look at it i'm like oh my god this is awful in so many ways but i made this (laughs) yeah and i made this with no prior knowledge on how to make it i was learning while making it it worked but how do you still have all that i started like 30 years after you and i don't have all my stuff anymore (laughs) (laughs) i lost everything from my early days i just keep my old hard disks i don't know why like i have hard disks that are like 100 megs 200 i guess yeah I guess fair. I blew up my first computer, so that <laughs> that complicated things a little. Yeah. Did you know that uh, old computers had a voltage switch? Oh, <laughs> I learned yeah. that because it works. Uh, it has to work in the Arab world and uh, North America. Because yeah, most Arab countries so, work with two forty volts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, if you switch that thing, uh, your computer just explodes. Yeah, yeah, I did that mistake. Not on a computer, but on something else, and I'm glad uh, it was not I'm a computer. It's not a computer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just extra sad now. Oh, oh no. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember the yeah. turbo buttons on the computers, and I was wondering what's. The oh yeah. <laughs> why don't we press this one all the time? All the time. <laughs> what is? Sense. Why is this weird? You launch a game, I'm that button to make it load faster. Yes. Right. It was it was a compatibility mode button. That's what it was. But I didn't know at the time. Turbo. It's such a good. It's just a good word. Why did we stop calling stuff cool stuff? <laughs> we, yeah. Like, I guess we still kind of do do like hyper threading. It's like oh, oh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll respect that. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't get me started on naming again. Like, how many things are called blueprints in our industry that don't have anything to do with it? You just say a blueprint yeah. and you have to specify. A blueprint can be the story of your game, the blueprints of the story. It could be the scripting language in Unreal. It could be the actual schematics that you give players to craft their weapons. It could be, like, you say blueprints and everyone's like, which ones? All, all of those and more can exist in your game sandwich. This is true. This is true. At the same time, like creating a, a different word for what a blueprint is sounds kind of difficult. It is. It is a template. Yeah, we're gonna do some templating because whatever word you pick, it probably overlaps with other meaning other things. Right. As well. Exactly. We uh, we need to have some sort of like council that like standardizes some language in our games industry. Yeah, that that's the issue because I thought about this, and I'm sure you have as well. Like if we mm-hmm. have like 15 conventions and you pull people together to standardize it, all you're going to do is get a 16th convention and no one's going to follow. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're solving the problem, but you're actually right. making it much worse. Making it worse again. Because <laughs> people have tried over and over, but everyone's like, I don't, you know, like I'm used to working this way. Who, what authority do you have? Like, and that's it. It ends there. So you have to yeah. find a different angle. And I can't think of any. How do you find an angle where people actually follow suit? I know. We changed the language of the games industry to Arabic and then figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> that actually, you're laughing. But I mean, when Fauzi uh, was writing the, the, the literal game, the book on Arabic game design, the Arabic book on game, he had to actually coin a lot of terms. Coin a lot of words because they didn't exist yet. They didn't exist. And now right. there, he is like he set the standard. So doing that, actually, Arabic uh, is a more consistent language for game development than English. As yeah, a result, yeah. uh, yep. Let's yeah. let's let's do that. Everybody learns the Arabic. <laughs> one ounce, one ounce at GDC. <laughs> We're way ahead of you. Which we which we need to which we need to rename to the Arabic. <laughs> Yeah. Are we going? Are we going with video games? Are we just gonna phonetically do that, or are we gonna say like lab electronia or something? Like I don't know. What I like are we gonna do? Video games. It has video. to be with an F. We don't have a video. Video games. <laughs> or James in uh, the most Arabic places. Games would right. just be yeah. in Egypt. <laughs> yep. Yep. Games. Games. El, el games. El games. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that.
Uh, I don't know how we're conv- going to convince people, but I, I think we have a good idea here. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Well, we, we just like, throw Rami on a stage. With, they're used to making an announcement. Assalamu alaikum, y'all. I have good news and bad news. The good news is everybody who understood that will appreciate this a lot more than everybody who didn't. That's perfect. Anyway, Osama. Yes. I think we're out of time. Yes. I'm actually really sad because this is usually the part of, of the episode where I read out emails. But our our viewers, our listeners, our fans have failed us. They did not send me any emails. I, I hear the emotion. I, uh, held it. I hear the emotion. I am a sad panda. I still love you all. But seriously, no emails. So this segment will go without emails. Instead, it will be a heartfelt plea to please send us. I don't know how many times I could fit emails in, this, in a single sentence, but I managed. I think six or seven. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we also only left people like two days before between the previous episode and this episode. So fair, fair. You know, that's true. You know, that's true. you know. Blame it a little on us. Blame it a little on on the universe. That's true. Mo, we're really happy that you were able to come on the show and talk about your story. Thank you very much. And the polo. The bike polo is awesome. (laughs) Where are the video games about this? (laughs) Rocket lead mod incoming, right? (laughs) What is happening? Yeah, this is important. Like This is is the next thing. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's been a long dream since the first episode to to be on the show. Glad to have you on board. Absolutely. Thank you for coming. For everybody listening, that was another episode of the Habibis. We will be back next week um, with more Habibis, I guess. Yes. More Habibis episodes. I don't know if we're more Habibis. I don't know. Less Habibis. Same amount of Habibis. It'll depend on Fauzi, I guess. We'll it depends to... on Fauzi, and it depends on, on if there is no Fauzi, if there is another Habibi that we get on the show, or yes. five extra Habibis that we get on the show. What? Let's do it. What? Let's, let's see how many Habibis we can cram in an episode. Just try and get the maximum Habibis. <laughs> let's do it. The maximum Habibis. The maximum What's Habibis. The, what is the worst that could happen? <laughs> Fauzi leaves for like one or two episodes. It comes back and we're like a 24 people podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be great. Gonna be great. Um, okay, my life mission now. <laughs> for everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week with more Habibis for now. That was it. Salam. 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 That's really good timing on that salam. Mm. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> that was the Habibis podcast for this week. I was Rami Ismail, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias, and Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. The intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubaila, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening, and salam.